So what you drinking? Uh, well, on this uh, Boy Meets World Fever After Dark, uh, <laughs> I'm drinking uh, our, our sponsor for today, Bishop's Cider Company, Texas Mimosa, baby. Texas Mimosa? Yeah. Wow. It tastes very much like orange juice. I would imagine. Isn't that mostly what a mimosa is? Yeah, orange juice and um, champagne. champagne. That's, I, know, I don't think I've ever had champagne. I've had mimosas. Well, that sounds nice, I guess. Mine is not that. Mine is mango cider. And it's okay. Oh. It kind of just tastes like watered down mango juice. Gotcha. Well, I got a Coke in Malibu. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Wait. I've been drinking a cocktail the last few recordings, and you were drinking bishops. We're switching. Mm-hmm. Just trading off. Um, I was going to try yours, and I didn't. Maybe partake of each other's. Mm-hmm. That's gross. <laughs> Germs. We're married. <laughs> it's okay. That's what I said. Bummer. It might be better without the ice. Yeah. It's like the oh. Texas tea was just so good. We tried. They were out. They were out of Texas tea. That's what we went there for. Bummer. Where'd you go? The cellar? The cellar. Do you want to try mine? Sad. Sad, sad, sad. Yeah, they were out. Uh, the Texas Mimosa is good, though. I recommend yeah. it. I'll try it sometime. Uh, well, this has been What You Drinking? <laughs> or a very big recurring segment <laughs> on this show. I think it is necessary for podcasts to talk about what they're doing. I mean, I feel like it really didn't start... Where it's been consistent every week for both of us since school started. <laughs> Maybe that's saying something. School will do that to you. It's true. But we've been talking about what we, we, we're we drinking on this podcast in season one. I mean, well, I know, but I feel like very, very consistently we are now all the time. Yeah. I don't hate. I mean, it's not a judgment. I went to a high school football game before this, which I think they were playing football. I'm not sure. And... um. I needed a drink. Just a little too much for you, huh? Yeah, I, I don't go to high school football games. There's a lot of children there. You yes. work at a high school, sir. I know. That's enough children. <laughs> <laughs> I went to all the high school football games because I was in the band. Mm-hmm. Why did you go to all the high school football games? Because I was a cool kid. Oh, <laughs> Just kidding. I wasn't a cool kid, but <laughs> I lived in a small town, and that's just what you do in a small town. You can either drive Maine, or you can go to the football game. Or you can stay home and play Final Fantasy. You can drag Maine, go to the football game, drag Maine. That's exactly right. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. I bet your brother stayed home and played Final Fantasy. He was in the band. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know. So, that's a negatory for him. Mm -hmm. I would probably, looking back, it was fun. I, I have no regrets. I only went to football games when there was a girl I liked. Like tonight. Yeah, that's what I told her. I was like, that's still true, because I wouldn't go without you. <laughs> so cute, so cute. Um, but yeah, that's probably a good cold open, right? Yeah, just as a heads up, I mowed when I got home. My allergies are flaring up, and I took a Benadryl. Oh, good. And I'm really feeling it right now. <laughs> With the alcohol, yeah. <laughs> so Drink more goes. alcohol, and you will feel more better. It's got It's got Coke in it. <laughs> he means Coca-Cola people. That probably won't be in that. Then the I'll probably cut it before this part. Oh. This is just for you to know if I doze off.
brought to you by the United Celery Farmers. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host, Chance. Hey, Cameron. Hi. Hey, Chance, I have a question. What? Did I ever tell you you're my hero? This is what I was hoping for. (laughs) You're everything I would like to be. No, tell me more. (laughs) I could fly higher than an eagle. If only. You are the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, (sighs) the vibrato. I always knew that about my (laughs) That's right, everybody. It's Bette Midler Day here on Boy Meets World Fever. Is that Bette Midler that sings that song? Your guess is as good as mine. Cameron Google yeah, something. Doing it. Nailed it. Um, I'll tell you a story about this week later, but keep going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you've already heard her. We're not alone today. We needed some help with this episode because Chance and I are just two average guys. <laughs> and we needed someone who's just exceptional to come and join us on the show. So really for the first time, under her new name. That's true. We have here with us <clears throat> Miss Nikki Meyer. Cause it's Nikki Meyer, Nikki Meyer. Coming <laughs> on our show, Boy Meets World Fever. It's what she's doing. It's good to know I got friends who will always podcast with me. Cause it's Nikki Meyer. That's got a good Ooh, ring to it. Yeah, it's a nice. nice ring. Quality name. Yeah. Strong name. Yeah. It's a good name. <laughs> Here I am. I'm back again. Guess who's yes. back? Back again. She's exceptional. Could we just make this a musical episode? Like we just sing everything? Because I think we're almost there. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. <laughs> it's like nothing's going to hurt this one. <laughs> um, so Sorry. I say that when I. I went into this episode with pretty low expectations, um, but I had a good time. Oh, I'm so glad we're going to have diversity. Corey is absolutely terrible. Everyone else is so on point. I don't know. I might disagree. Everyone else is great, and I just I was laughing so much. Maybe it was the Benadryl. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so what I'm- you do before you watch this episode is you pop up a couple Bennies. <laughs> that's what the Benadryl. And then you have a really good time. <laughs> did you like sync the episode up with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon or something? It, you know, I really did. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm glad we're going to have a diversity of opinions. <laughs> yes. It's just a roller coaster for me. <laughs> a roller coaster. Oh, I'm excited to get into it. Um, but first, Mike, we're sorry. But it's just going to be one of those. <laughs> it's going it's to be one of those. Like, I don't know that we can talk about this episode without talking about how just unbelievably awful Corey is. It's um, his dad's fault. Yeah, it's all his dad's fault. <laughs> um, not Mike, but Corey. Corey's yeah, yeah, Mike is one of our listeners who has... Challenged us several times to go episodes without saying bad things about Corey. It's so hard, though. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. We've given him two MVPs this season so far. You have. Yeah, he's great. The first two episodes. He's he's got a fifty percent success rate. Yeah. Well, I until now, and have a forty percent. That's rate. all you can do, right? I mean. Yeah, but 
I almost want to take one away. <laughs> like, I, oh, no, I feel like that. the character of Corey should lose one here. You know what you're good at, Corey? Being a jerk. Yeah, but also no one calling you on being a jerk. What am I good at? I got nothing. <laughs> I was just trying to be supportive. Don't press me on this. You're good at being ridiculous. Um, yeah. I don't, so I'm sorry, Mike. I am sorry. <sighs> Should, we keep a board? Should we keep a board that says zero, like the number of episodes it's gone <laughs> since we bashed on Corey? <laughs> now I just have to erase it and put a zero. <laughs> well, we bashed on him last week, too. <laughs> but he's so bad in this episode that I actually don't remember why he's bad in the last episode. So that's something. What was the last episode? What was it? Uh-oh, Benadryl. Uh, it was uh, Angela, Angela and Sean breakup. Oh, right. Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, yeah, boys yeah he wasn't great in that one. <laughs> um, yeah. Which... Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, so do you want to give us a synopsis? Yeah. Sure. Of this one? Um, let me think. Corey is on a school, I guess a college trip. <laughs> I, I, I thought very much for the first half of this episode that this was a leftover episode from last season that they cut in for several mm-hmm. reasons. Um, but I guess... He is on a college trip to the art museum. Maybe it's an art museum at their college. Well, it's the same art museum that the Van Gogh exhibit was in. Maybe that was at the college too. Or maybe. I don't know. Um, but they're on a trip to the art museum and Feeney is teaching them already, which he just, I don't, I don't know how Feeney's getting his job back at this point, but we'll talk about that too. Um, and he's very mean to a little girl. <laughs> You've got some things to say about that. I know. Um, little girl. He's very mean to a little girl who turns out to be a wonderful painter, and then it makes him insecure because he's a little baby for the rest of the episode. Um, and then Jack saves Rachel's life. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah, we're going to I mean, talk about the rest, fill in the details. I don't want to spoil it up. Oh, okay. No spoilers. <laughs> oh, no. I was just looking up the artist. Oh, oh yeah. Alexandra, she has an NFT. Of course she has an NFT. I, I don't know how to explain it to you. Uh, it's a made-up thing. Perfect. That's on the internet. You buy, uh, it's, I don't know. That's all I've got. You buy an uncopyable thing on the internet to say that you own it? Okay. We can it's just move right along. <laughs> digital baseball cards? Oh yeah. yeah, in a lot of ways, digital baseball cards. But there's only one of each one, but it's all made up. Is whose line is it anyway? <laughs> Perfect. Everything's made up, and people keep going broke because of it. And it doesn't matter. It's yeah. like this three hundred fifty thousand dollar board ape NFT sells for one hundred fifteen dollars. Yeah. I'm like, I guess it's a worth one hundred fifteen dollars then. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Which is still so, a thing. I believe. Let's just get this out of the way. This is a real. Um, this is a real painter, right? Uh huh. I'm looking her up. I know you already are. Okay, Alexandra Nikita. Um. Oh, she's kind of our age. She's 37. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she's born in 85. Um. Part of the Cubism movement. So 85. She would have been only about 12 when this episode happened. 12, 13, 14. 
Somewhere in there. She's very tall for her age. Yeah. She looks way older than that. When was this episode aired? 88, 98 or so 99? 98. 98. Huh? Yeah, 13. Wow. I thought she was way older than that, too. Yeah, she would have just turned 13. Mm-hmm. Uh oh man, her father escaped from communist Romania. Well, that's this, cool. This girl's intense. She was dubbed the petite Picasso by the media and the art community. Um I don't know, she's just she was a really big painter in the 90s. It doesn't look like she did a ton after that. Except for an NFT. Yeah. She did theater in high school. Mm-hmm. I expected there to be more, but she really doesn't do a ton after this, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but she was a real... I mean, if you look at the Wikipedia section on like the late 90s, it's full of stuff. So mm-hmm. she, she was huge at this point when she was... Is this episode 98 or 99? This is still 98. Okay. So she graduated in 98, and this is the first half of the season six, which will still be 98. That's a good point. So she's 13-ish. Yeah. She is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to Morgan. Yeah. You thought she was older than Corey. Well, I thought she was probably their age. Okay. I mean, it was very irritating. He kept calling her little girl. Yeah. And the words, and the words eye to of Miles eye Morales, she is super tall. <laughs> That's true. That is a quote from that movie. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> he knows. She knows. She knows. He knows. She is super tall. Uh, um, so yeah uh, Alexander Nikita I know nothing about her but I hope she's doing well me too me too so the episode starts as Chan said um, they're in the art museum and Mr. Feeney is talking about the exhibit he's like these are abstract paintings abstract impressionism or something he's like so it's I want you to think about what it means and talk about what it means, and then talk about what you're thinking about in front of everyone for what you think these paintings mean. Yeah, he op- he, he outright says all of these paintings are open to interpretation, which is hilarious before it comes next. <laughs> well, you know, some of these things are open to interpretation to a point. <laughs> and then you're just very wrong. Um, but Corey's interpretation makes a lot of sense, given what we know about Corey. I guess that's true. I didn't even think about how it reveals stuff about his character. Um, <laughs> so this is probably one of the funniest jokes of the episode is before they even start, because Sean and Angela come in and they're like, we have good, good news. And Corey's like, I have good news. And then Topanga's like, let them say their good news first. And Sean got into the photography program at Pembroke. I guess at Pembroke. They never say that. Uh, I guess they never say, but it makes it seem like at Pembroke. <laughs> and then he's like, and Angela got an A on her paper. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, maintaining your connect your black identity when you have three really white best friends. <laughs> Which is very funny. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> and the, and uh, they say, Corey, what's your good news? I I found a penny. That's great too. <laughs> but I just love the maintaining your black identity when you have three very white friends. That was fun. That was. Um, Although this did start Corey's in overarching theme of the whole episode is Corey, I don't know, being the center of attention, I guess, or like enforce forcing himself to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. This was the, like even before the show started, 
Like, yeah. oh, you have good news? Well, I have good news. Mm -hmm. It's about me, not you. Yeah. So. I, I have good news, too. You may. You may. <laughs> then he yeah. just feels his own inadequacy. Mm -hmm. But does he? No. I No. No, because not five seconds later, he starts berating a little girl. Mm -hmm. I, oh, man. Yeah, it's bad. You know, I don't fully. We'll get there. We'll get there. I can't. I can't jump ahead. Don't do uh, it. Yes. Um, my wife, who I love. My wife. I have a question for you. Oh. What do you imagine is the state of the relationship between Sean and Angela in this episode? The state of the relationship? Uh-huh. I don't know. They were dating all last season. Right. Do you think they're still dating? Well, you told me last that last episode they broke up, but I didn't know if they got back together or not. No, they didn't. <laughs> and they're still just like being civil. <laughs> In fact, the last episode, Angela talks about how much it hurts to be around him and how she's trying to find times where she's not thinking about him. And every time Corey's around, that's hard. Mm -hmm. Would you have ever guessed in this episode that that was true? Maybe she just gave up. I, I really, for the first half, I was like, oh, okay. This is like, uh, this is a high school episode. They just kind of ported it over. And they're not going to reference, because they don't reference Penbrook ever. They don't reference college ever. But then they go to the dorms. But then they go to the dorms, and it ruins the whole thing. Mm, just just like, Because also, in the end of the last episode, Feeney was considering the idea of maybe taking a job at Penbrook. And this mm -hmm. episode just picks up, and he's, he's there. He's there. What if he's in the class? Aligning timelines. Aligning timelines. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe what this is a student in this class. Oh, what if he's a student in the class? <laughs> and he's just like, oh, <laughs> professor, let me. Let me, let me. Um, yes. I don't know. It, it, it was, I, I, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Who knows? What? Who knows what Feeney's long game is right now? Mm -hmm. So Feeney tells them to interpret a piece. And who should volunteer but Corey? He is an expert. He and his dad go to the art museum. Yeah, I guess that was established. We need to talk about the relationship between this episode and that episode, but we'll do that later. <laughs> Did you guys ever have to do something like that in college? Not with your professor, because professors don't go to things like that with their students. Like but to an art museum? Like to an art museum or to a concert or to a something mm -hmm. and then give critical review? Yeah. Is that just something? I don't think I ever did. Oh, I, I took like an intro to theater class freshman year, and we had to do that. And then when I took art history, we had to do that. Nice. I did go see Blue Moon over Buffalo once, but I think I just did that to do it. Maybe I did it for a class. <laughs> Who can say? Couldn't say. I had to do it multiple times. What did you see? Um, I saw a UCO production of some ballet. Um, oh, did you love it? It it was fine. Ballet is not my favorite media. I'm. I know that that's probably not very cultured of me to say, but it's not my favorite media. Um, I went to a couple of plays. I did have to go. We had like a scavenger hunt for art pieces at a museum, I remember, but I I can't remember what piece I had to write about, honestly. That's fair. It was a long time ago for all of us. It was a hot minute ago. Yeah. I, remember, I can't remember if I went for a reason or not. I remember I saw Romeo and Juliet. Oh. At OSU. And then I saw You're in Town. Oh, I wanted to go to that. I never did. 
It was good. And then I remember I wasn't I wasn't when I was in the class, but I had a friend that was in the class and she invited me to go. And it was like in a black, I don't remember anything like the name of the play, but it's like super messed up because uh, <laughs> it was in like a black box theater. So it's like very close. And it's about this man who falls in love with an artist and like just kind of have this crazy romance and relationship. And she's talking about how she's wanting to work like with new mediums and then like come to find out he's been her art project and she's like been shaping his life and like even convinces him to get a nose job to like literally change his face because of her own art. It was really weird. (laughs) Pretty disturbing when you think about it. It's disturbing. Interesting. I, I don't remember what the play was called, but it was, it was pretty messed up. Maybe someone in the, internet world knows the name and can give it to you yeah, do you know what that one's called let us know let us know <laughs> uh moon moon over buffalo is just about like a family get together i don't remember what the ultimate goal of a family get together is but someone makes coffee but puts a lot of whiskey in it but doesn't tell anyone <laughs> so the whole family gets like progressively drunker as the play mm. goes on that's fun and it was very funny that is funny I saw something else, but I can't remember what it was. I went to several operas because I had friends in the opera department. Oh, that's fun. I love that. Um, but those were not... I was just very close with my co-workers at Hastings, and a few of them were in operas. So Exciting. Look at us all being so cultured. I know. This is in the college. fine arts corner. As we, uh, as we drink booze and talk mm-hmm. about Boy Meets World. Hey, rich people can do that. <laughs> they can do it during the day and it's classy it's true it's true we're so cultured um cory is not cultured no so it's this portrait i mean it's it's cubism but there's like this portion of the american flag and it looks like these hands sort of around it or reaching for it maybe or we don't know exactly um and cory being the middle class white kid that he is he's like i see it's the destruction of the very foundation, the very fabric of our country, and our way of life is at risk as these hands are grasping to tear it apart. And yes. then we see this young woman kind of there, and she's like, no, you're wrong. You're completely wrong. And he's like, oh, little girl, telling he me. awful to this girl. Yeah, that he doesn't even know. It's like yeah. not funny. This like straight up stranger, he starts yelling in her face. Mm-hmm. And telling her, oh, there it is. I found the painting. What's it called? It's called Peace Collector. Interesting. Well, I'm going to give you a clue right there. Wow. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I found it too. Um, but yeah, you were saying about the little girl? I don't know. I don't know. I got distracted by peace collecting. He, he was yelling at this stranger that he doesn't know? Yes, and it just was like, who does that? I mean, I guess people do. You hear stories about Karens, right? But he's like... These days, yeah. He's doing that Mm -hmm. to a rando stranger. You know, uh, one time I was working at a Barnes & Noble, and I was stocking books when I hear someone yelling at a barista. Uh, It was this older guy, and apparently she had reached out to hand him his change... And it had missed his hand. And he was berating her, telling her that, like, she threw it at him. Like, and it was right there on the counter. You knew that wasn't true from just, like, the scene. 
talking about how disrespectful she was, how uh, like she didn't know how to do a customer service job and was just like screaming at her. And that's really what Corey reminds me of here. And it kind of makes me sick. Mm-hmm. It's not good. The vibe I got from it was um, stop talking little girl because the men are talking Ugh. kind of situation. Yeah, the little girl is very condescending. Mm-hmm. Like she's as tall as you. <laughs> You're looking eye to eye with this woman. <laughs> Yeah, that she literally said out loud while we were watching it, like, she's probably older than you. <laughs> Which we know um, isn't true, but she doesn't look. Yeah. Uh, and then she says, excuse me, Mr. Mean Man. Which I thought was kind of funny. Uh-huh. She's um, great. She's wonderful in this episode. And uh, she says, um, I know exactly what the painting's about. And he's like, oh, the little girl knows what it's what it's about. Blah, 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 blah. I got your nose. I got your nose. Yeah, and Feeney's like, I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> and she's like, I know what it's about because I painted it. And he like looks and you see she's she's the artist. This is this just is exactly those moments that you see like shared from Twitter or whatever where someone says like makes a claim. Like something, maybe something even pretty big. And someone's like, oh yeah, what do you even know about that? And they're like, I'm a doctor of that. Or I literally wrote the book that you're talking about. Or, (laughs) you know, anything like that. Or like, there's one recently that sort of popped up where this woman was like, I got an internship at NASA, F yeah, or whatever. And then someone responded like, you probably shouldn't be talking that way. And she's like, I don't care what you say. Suck my blah, blah, blah. Like I work for NASA. And he's like, yeah, I'm the person that's in charge of the program that you're working for. So we're going to need to talk. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, that's a problem. Yeah. So the lesson is just be kind to people. Don't call them little girls or take their noses. Yeah. <laughs> and be, be kind of service workers. Because yeah, especially them. There are lots of mean mans who are mean to them. Mean man. Mr. Mean uh, Man. Yeah, so Feeney... Pulls her aside and starts asking her. Fangirling. Yeah, fangirling. Yeah. He's just like loving it. Um, but also kind of saying nonsense, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I tried to follow the, the logic of what he was saying. It's because you're not cultured enough, Chance. It's you wouldn't true. know. <laughs> it's like, it's either real, what he's talking about, or it's like Star Trek talk. <laughs> That's a hundred percent what I thought of though. It's literally like, just a word salad. This is this is like how Star Trek says, yes, the tachyons need to be accelerated to four point nine times the speed of light so that they can bre- breach the Edison barrier. It's like okay. That means nothing, but it sounds nice. <laughs> it's a bunch of sciencey words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Corey's talking with his friends after. He's just like She's been painting like for so long and she's considered so great. And I'm 18. What have I done with my life? Yeah. But he also inserts himself into Mr. Feeney's conversation with her again. Again mm-hmm. yes. with the like, hey, I'm the most important person in this room. Give me attention mm-hmm. mentality. He's just a classic narcissist. Yeah, he really is. And no one calls him on it in this entire episode. I think that's my big problem. Why is no one pulling Corey aside and being like, Dude, what is with the self-centered thing? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 
like, especially the end of this episode, like, his dad should have, like, just laid in, and he just doesn't. They were out of time. They had that whole Rachel choking story that they needed to, to wrap yeah. up. <laughs> they needed to get that. They needed to get that really important gem. <laughs> Eric with the toaster. Um, yeah. So he's talking and he's like, she's my sister's age. And then she turns around. You have a sister who's my age? <laughs> Why do you want to talk to Mr. Mean Man? <laughs> yeah. So she lets this random college guy take her home. Yeah. You know. A 13-year-old child prodigy. She's going to go with this 18 Maybe her bodyguard's outside. Probably. She certainly has like a handler. Maybe it's Feeney. Maybe Feeney's her bodyguard. Yeah. He's like, do you have a guard detail? If not, I will do it. He's like, I'm the next door neighbor. I'll be out in my... Uh, yard gardening. The volunteers tribute. <laughs> the key, the code word is tomahawk. Tomahawk. If you say it, I come busting in. Uh, yell banjo kazooie, and I'll get you out of there. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> he's like, what are two words that no one would ever possibly say? Banjo. Uh, let's make one up. Kazooie. <laughs> I don't know. That seems safe as a code word. Oh, <laughs> uh, banjo kazooie is such a great game. Witch's tower. The key word is witch's tower. <laughs> I'll get you out of there. Um, but yeah, so Corey takes a 13-year-old girl home. That's cool. And um, is just really mean to his sister the whole time. Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> She's like, drawing with crayons and he's just like, oh, this just won't do. That, that's actually the one thing I thought was very funny. It was very funny. It's like, that was the I'm only funny thing Corey did in this entire episode was take his sister's coloring and crumple it up. It's kind of sad how like normal that must be because she doesn't even respond. Yeah. She's just like, that's Corey. <laughs> that's my brother. That's so Corey. <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> Is this not how your older brother treated you? No, I think I would have been stabbed with a pencil or something if that would have happened. I did get stabbed with a pencil one time. I have a tattoo on my knee to prove it. How do I not know this story? I don't know. You probably didn't even bleed. You never bleed. (laughs) It's because I'm a vampire. (laughs) Good to know. Yeah. I was trying to sound ominous anyway. (laughs) Okay. Guys, it's late. I've worked all day. Same. Uh, it's really coming through in the quality of the episode, I think. People are going to love this one. Here we go. Moving right along. Moving uh, right along. So they're yeah. here. What? Uh, they're here at the Matthews house. Yep. Alexandra's there talking with Morgan. Um, and she's like, you want to go play video games? And Corey's like, she's a master artist. There's no way. Got Banjo Kazooie? Yeah. I've already. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Have you gotten to the witch's tower? Twice. Show me how. And then they're gone. Off to the races. Um, And then Sean walks in, and this is my favorite Sean joke of the whole episode. He's like, hey, Cor, what's up? Sean, do you think I'm talented at anything? Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also real sad, because Sean's like so resigned. That this is just what his friendship is. Mm-hmm. This is what it is now. What's Corey's latest neurotic hangup? 
And then we go to, I think, the apartment. Or do they go to the bedroom for the trophy? Or is I, that later? I think they go to the apartment for Jack and Eric and then the trophies in the bedroom. Let's go to the apartment and then stay at the apartment and finish that up. Okay. We'll finish up that whole story. And we'll just put it uh, in a box and put it on a shelf mm-hmm. and then move on. Be done with that. <laughs> um, so I'm probably not going to read the book, but Maitland Ward, who plays Rachel, has recently put out a memoir. Um, and it's about a lot of things. But one of the things it's about is like her incredibly weird treatment on the set of Boy Meets World and how like her whole storyline, she was supposed to be sexualized but like not realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's like, I don't have a single storyline that wasn't like sexualized. Uh, and then she talks about a time when um, she was scheduled for like kind of a more risque photo shoot in a magazine. And Michael Jacobs himself, the showrunner of Boy Meets World, like came down and told her like, absolutely not. Like you can't, you can't do this. This is beneath you. This is beneath your career. Like, you don't need to be presented in this way. And she talks about, like, why it was okay for the show to heavily sexualize her, but it was not okay when she wanted to do other projects to do the same. Mm -hmm. I bring that up because this storyline is really gross about sexualizing her. Mm -hmm. Like, Everyone is just incredibly sexual to her mm-hmm. the entire time. And she's just not supposed to react to it. Yeah. Like, I really did not enjoy this storyline. Maybe I should have, but I did not. Did you have? Yeah. I, don't know. I, f- I feel like, oh, this is the three in the apartments. But no, I, I hated this. It's just like, on top of it, it's just the, yeah. it's the same same story beat. It's kind of played again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm sorry, folks at home. I, I do this podcast. I'm not going to do the extra work. I would love to go back and do the five stories we've gotten, or four stories, five stories, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to go back and do those stories, like revisit those stories with uh, Jack, Eric, and Rachel and see why this one rubbed me the wrong so well, much. Maybe it was because I just read that article. I don't know. I just found this gross. <laughs> like the whole like not wanting to pee thing and talking about her like she's not even there. Like, like you've ever left me alone with her ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's uh, supposed to go along with it. Laugh it off. Yeah. Like, you guys are weird. I'm moving. Yeah. Like she can't be comfortable living there, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Uh, but yeah. So Eric needs to pee. But he doesn't want to leave Rachel with Jack. Uh-huh. So he says, I'm okay. And Jack grabs a bunch of water and says, let's make a toast to Eric being okay. Then he forces water down Eric's mouth. Yeah. Eric's like, this is the meanest thing you've ever done. And he doesn't even go up the stairs. He like yeah. slides <laughs> through the rails. Yeah. <laughs> which is very so, funny. And she's like, well, it's going to happen if we're alone. And he's like, I want you to marry me. Marry me right now before he comes out of the bathroom. Yeah, that's real great. Uh-huh. Just real good stuff, especially in the within the last episodes of being like, hand like it's hands off. Neither of us can date Rachel. Yeah. Well, yeah. Almost every episode they realize that they need to respect her and make this a safe place for her to live. 
And then we get... Yeah, right, I got it. Yeah, which I know is like the nature of a sitcom. But I'm just done with it already. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it's gross. Yeah, Rachel deserves better. Yeah, I, I think the actress does a great job. But she's just not given anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so then Rachel's like... Well, okay, but just so you know, I want six or six boys and six girls. Yeah, well, she's going to say she starts choking. Mm-hmm. She starts chucking, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I feel like this is probably the most memorable part of the episode. Like, probably the thing that most people think about. She's like pointing at her throat, and he's like, "That's right, I'm talking to you, cutie." And then she's like, "Ah!" And she starts writing. She starts writing it down. I am chucking to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they Chuck. do a, just a super exaggerated Heimlich maneuver that would probably do more damage than. Oh well, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Over the navel, not up here, <laughs> not on your rib cage. Yeah, it's like I know she's tall, but you don't need to be right there. <laughs> yeah, um, Jack, creep. But Eric comes out and he's like, "Crisis averted," and then he's like, "Why?" <laughs> and then yeah, Rachel. Hacks up whatever's in her windpipe right on Eric's face. Yeah. And she's like, Jack, you saved my life. Is there anything I can do for you? And you made a very interesting exclamation at this point. You said, girls. (laughs) (laughs) Girls. And I've been wanting to ask you, but I was saving it for... uh, For For now. Yeah. For this moment. Why did you say that? I don't know. I feel like girls in sitcoms, especially during that time, it just felt like very middle school to me. I don't know. And like, boys are my heroes. And I don't know, like damsel in distressy. And mm-hmm. it just was very damsel in distress. And it was, <laughs> I don't know, girls. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Girls. Yeah. But you saved my life. And Eric goes, no, we didn't. <laughs> it's like if there's never anything I can do for you, and that's the end of that scene. Uh huh. In the next scene, DJ sitting there, like, "What are you thinking about? What are you going to ask her for?" Yeah. And she goes down. He's just like peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Is that all you want?" Yeah. Anticlimax. Is the joke here like, "Oh, I would have slept with you"? Like, I don't. What was the joke here? Like, yeah, what did you think he was going to ask for? Like, I don't know. Good question. It's not a good I, joke. I, I am incredibly negative on this storyline. I did not enjoy it from beginning to end. I just asked for, like, a club sandwich or something. Yeah. And, I mean, you're you know, in Philadelphia. Ask for a cheesesteak. Come on, Jack. I want you to go get a crock pot and make me a French dip. Make it. Now. No. I. Yeah, and then... He's like, you would have done the same thing. He's like, oh, why? Just because I respect her and I, I like her and I want her to be comfortable. Actually, can I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich too? She says no. She says no. <laughs> Which is the right response. Which is 100% the right response. Um, Eric throwing himself at her feet. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. And then in the tag at the end, Eric has appeared to have electrocuted himself with the toaster. Uh-huh. Uh, and Rachel's like, oh, no. He looks like he needs CPR. And his mouth kind of is in a smile. And she's like, I don't know CPR. Jack, do you know CPR? And he's like, yep. And then he just like, and Eric yeah. freaks out. Yeah, he pops up. He's like, oh, yeah, make fun of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. You do not make fun of the dead. Yeah, well, I mean, 
Twitter and the Queen would disagree with you. I know, that was, that's more what I was getting at. <laughs> Twitter has been making fun of the Queen's death for, for 24 hours now. Well, to be fair, they were making fun of the Queen's life for a lot longer. It's true. It's true. No one has liked my tweet yet, but I did tweet like, man, the Queen of England, it's like, oh, it's a Queen. It's the Queen of England. <laughs> Put her on kid shows. Like, oh, God save the Queen. Ha ha ha. But a King of England? That just seems great. <laughs> I don't want a king of like a man taking on the role of a queen. This woke culture has just gone on too far. <laughs> Love it. Um, go woke, go broke, England. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, that's a story. Wrap it up in a box. Put it on the shelf. Okay. Can Leave I it there. In the trash. Yeah. Guzzle, 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 guzzle. <laughs> Lit it on fire. Lit it on fire. Dumpster. Um, yeah, I, I really hope these, uh, apartment stories get better. <laughs> they have to. They have to. Specifically speaking, they have to get better. Um, I don't remember last week's being this awful, but maybe. I don't remember. You don't, don't even try to think about it. It's too late. I'm already thinking. I can I can't remember. I just finished listening and posting the ep- episode of, you know, the candle and the clown. It wasn't Ronson's words to Nikki. That was two weeks ago. Okay. Mickey's like, what? A candle and a clown? Candle and the clown. It makes perfect yeah, sense. They were trying to be Rachel's perfect man, and then they realized that they needed to stop competing for her because she's her own person and they are their own people. Make this a safe place for you where we don't compete for your affection. <laughs> Here we are again. <laughs> um, yeah, they've learned that lesson several times this season already, and I'm done. For, I'm ready for them to stop learning it. Yeah, I think they'd have it by now. Or is this the Corey finding himself yeah. in season six? Yeah. The season two Corey finding himself returns again in a much grosser way. Mm-hmm. Seems to be the case. Um, but let's get back to Corey, I guess. He's trying to find himself. Yeah. Trying mm-hmm. to find himself in his trophies. Yes, he's upstairs with Sean. He's like, here's my trophy. Eighth, eighth place for most enthusiastic kid at fat camp. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sean's like, why are you at fat camp? He's like, my parents waited too long to sign up and all the good camps are taken. But man, those kids could eat pie. <laughs> it's so absurd. I think that's what I like about this episode is that it is just so absurd. Okay. This is Boy Meets World at its most absurd. Mm. It's like we have fire batons later, chains or duck juggling. Well, we don't see the duck juggling. No, but it, it exists. Where if so, if it's strange and like, huh? For someone to say singing a song, like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a weird world that they live in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so they're in Corey's room, and if you think back to last season when Corey pushes his father down, mm-hmm. but, but before that, when he's talking about how his dad only talks to him. Just take that, what we said about that, and how it's really tragic for Sean, who has like comes from nothing and has no relationship with parents, and how Corey's like whining to this guy who should just be like slapping him in the face. Mm-hmm. Just take everything we said about that, put it here, but make it worse. Yeah, and then it feels like the episode's trying to make a comment where he's like, This is my last place baseball trophy. He's like, why did you get a trophy for last place? He's like, well, they wanted us to not feel bad. He's like, well, 
where's his head? I busted it off with a hammer. Yeah. Just like that sort of like everybody gets a trophy kind of mentality. Kids are weak because everybody gets a trophy. But it never, no one ever in that scenario ever says like, well, who handed out the trophies? The people complaining about all the kids getting a trophy are the ones that handed out the trophies in the first place. It's true. <laughs> we it's true. Yeah. I don't know. The tragedy of him talking to Sean, of all characters, mm-hmm. about his non-problem. Yeah, it's like if he was having this conversation with Topanga. Yeah, another rich kid. Uh-huh. What makes me special? How about the fact that you had a bed every night of your life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the house was built into the ground. <laughs> uh, you're, well, your parents haven't left you three times in the series. And that's <sighs> only in the series. Yeah. You probably have food. <laughs> yeah, like, he comes from a land of many pants. I don't know. It's just like, I'm so average. That's that's the dream. What are you talking about? Yeah, average is nice. But I, I just... These scenes, and there's been like three of them in the series so far, where Corey like pours out his own neuroses to Sean. And honestly, like it's heartbreaking every time, but not for the right reasons. Yeah, it's not heartbreaking for Corey. No, it's like we, I mean, we've kind of we've we've analyzed Sean's character probably more than any other character because he's the one who has the most character. He's got the most going on. But like this whole like. Corey doesn't deserve pain thing that's been really evident for like two seasons mm-hmm. in Sean's life and like him just sitting there where Corey spouts this nonsense. Yeah. Like, it's just really like a statement on how sad Sean sees himself. <laughs> yeah. He's never just like, Hey, look at my life. He even jokes about it later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a funny one. And I'm not saying like, if you are a kid with problems, you can't like empathize. Yeah, empathize with other kids with problems. Like, I have a really bad relationship with my parents, but if Nikki gets into a fight with her mom, I'm gonna say like, well, at least it's not my mom. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna listen. Mm-hmm. But like, if it just keeps happening over and over again, and you and your mom like go to the mall shopping and have a great time, and then you're like, but she didn't get me that. One thing I wanted, I'm going to call you out on it and be like, this is ridiculous. As you should. Do you know what it would be be for me to be able to be in the same room as my mother and not be guilt tripped? Like, <laughs> Yeah. So <clears throat> just for what we're saying, so everyone understands, it's not a like, well, you know, people have it worse than you, so you can't have problems. Yeah. Because that's not true. Everybody has problems and it just kind of depends. Some, but and some people are worse off than others. But just because someone's worse off doesn't mean your problems don't matter. Right. But you also need to have some like self-awareness in how you're discussing those problems <laughs> and who you're discussing them with and how often you're discussing them. Um, yeah. It, it, and even an acknowledgement of Sean, like even an acknowledgement of like, I know that you have your own problems with your parents or this seems stupid because at least like, my family stuck around like anything like that would make it so much better. But it's like Sean is a wall that he's talking to Mm -hmm. and the show treats Sean like, yes, empathize with this man child. Mm -hmm. This Mr. Mean man. Mr. Mean man. Mr. Mean man boy. Yeah. And like you said, just have some self-awareness because he was literally talking 
to not having a good enough relationship with his father in last season's episode to a man who has been abandoned by his father three times in the series. Yeah, who knows where he is right now. Yeah, who is currently abandoned by his father. Mm -hmm. Sent to live with his brother with nothing but a toaster and clothes <laughs> on his back. I, and his pig. Just be self-aware, people. Like, learn some self-awareness. Um, but Corey has none. He's the most self-aware man on the planet. He's just like, he's like, what is it that makes me special, Sean? And he's like leaning against his wall. He's like, there's just nothing that makes me stand out. And he has a picture of celery on his wall. It made me laugh out loud, but I have no idea why it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> it's just such a funny image. <laughs> what is my what is it about me? Celery. Yeah. And then he's like you used to be pretty good at the ukulele. And I will admit, almost every time I have had a small stringed instrument in my hand, I play My Dog Has Fleas. I did it with our five-year-old just a week ago. My dog has fleas. Mm -hmm. It has stuck in my brain for pretty much my entire life at this point. It's very funny. I play My Dog Has Fleas when I have a small stringed instrument in my hand. He's just like, do it again. My dog has fleas. <laughs> um, so something about this episode, I guess, has stuck with me. And then we cut to downstairs. Mm -hmm. oh, gosh, I don't want to. Here it is. Up until the end, I think it's good. Like I feel like Amy and Alan are both really good here. Yeah. Morgan yeah. is like, I don't want to do the talent show because old Becky Recky or whatever at the rec center is going to do her thing. And she always wins. <clears throat> and then her mom's just like, you just sing so beautifully. Like, you should sing. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I like Alexandra is there at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, do you think it ever stopped Alexandra to know that there were other girls who could paint better than her? Yeah, and there are other girls who paint better than me. And then she looks at Alan and she's like, my mom told me I'm not supposed to lie. What do I do here? <laughs> No one paints better than me. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess she's got earlier work and she's 13. So <laughs> it's probably true. Yes. She's, she's very talented. Um, I'd like to see other 13-year-olds produce such <laughs> art. I don't know. Um, but then she's like, I don't know. I'll think about it. And her mom sends her off. She's like, we don't want you to do anything that you don't want to do. It's like, yeah, we no, support no, no. you, and if you don't want to do it, it's fine. And so she goes off, and then Corey comes down the stairs, and he's like, you're just doing it again. How dare you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Making another mediocre eighth place mm -hmm. oh my God. finisher. Whatever, whatever. <clears throat> and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And he goes on this time. Like, I haven't liked Corey up to this point. I think he's been a Brian Regan me monster. Mm -hmm. But, like... This kicks it up to a level that I, I'm not even comfortable with. Yeah. You're just like, why didn't you give me a paint set when I was two? And mom was like, you were really into potty training. Corey, big boy now. And Sean just loves that. He's eating pudding, by the way. He is. After making fun of Corey for eating pudding not two episodes ago. It's true. He does make fun of Corey for eating. Um, he's just seen the light. He's seen like he. It's good pudding. Like the pudding trunk. What a great idea. 
Uh, Corey brought an entire trunk full of pudding to college, and Sean thought that was lame. But he's changed his tune now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Corey just is going off on his parents about, like, you didn't push me to be great, so I'm not. Yeah. Like, you let me be average, so I am. Like, just offloading all responsibility for how he's feeling on other people. Mm-hmm. And it's just disgusting. Mm-hmm. And no one is calling him on it. No one is telling him what a selfish little punk he's being. He's like, I'm 18. I'm basically dead. And I'm not great at anything. And it's your fault. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm supposed to be the main character. Why is she more successful than me? Well, I guess in his defense, he is the main character here. I, I still don't know if that's true. He's got a real case of main character syndrome. <laughs> He's the POV, but the main character is normally the one with the arc, and that's Sean. It's the Sean. Sean's the boy meeting the world. Uh-huh. Corey's just there. Corey's just watching him do it. It's a fun perspective. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he goes off and he's like, why aren't, why aren't I more than this? Why didn't you make me more than this? And like, more than me? And he's like, yeah, more than you. He's like, I'm average. And you're average. And it's just like, what? What? But not even like a gasp watch. Just like a what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Which, at this point, is when I thought to myself, like, is this storyline the reason we've taken away all of Corey's desire for film? Yeah, something that he's actually good at. Yeah, something that it's been stated several times he's good at, and something that in several episodes he's passionate about. Yeah. Like... Is, do, did we need to have this episode so now Corey can't be into film anymore? Mm-hmm. Just doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's just, it's great. Maybe because they wanted to give Sean into photography, they needed to, like, that's too close to Corey being into film or something. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But Corey goes off, and he's, like, in his dorm room after calling his father average, and he's hiding out. Sean's trying to get him to open the door. He's like... Jingling his keys, like the ice cream man is here. He has your favorite flavor. And it cuts to Corey on the bed. He's like, Vanilla? <laughs> yeah. And then the girls come up, and Tamina's like, What's going on? And Sean's like, Corey's searching the caverns of his soul. Like, no, not the soul caverns. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, this is something Topanga has seen before. Is this like Kanye and uh, I forget, is it like the sunken place or something? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I thought you were like, going to say like Kim Kardashian talked about Kanye West's depression as something along those lines. <sighs> That's funny. It's the soul caverns. The soul caverns. But Topanga just yells, "Corey, let me in!" Mm-hmm. And yes. he does immediately. He does. He instantly opens the door. I guess the joke guess is the in the place is referring to um, from Get Out. Oh, I never saw that. Me neither, but I should. Um, you don't like horror movies. I know, but I hear it's it's important. It's important. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Maybe I'm just mixing a bunch of things up in my head. But it's like Kanye's depression. Kanye knew. He's like, this is bad. Kanye wasn't even big at this point, though. No, but I'm just making a modern parallel. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Topanga's like, let me in. I guess the joke is that Corey's whipped, which is fine. Whatever. Um, and then he looks around. There's no ice cream man. Yeah, that's the joke. Mm-hmm. How dare you? 
And did. Would you say college dropout was Kanye's big breakout? Uh, probably that one. Yeah, it's got Jesus walks on it. Life of is. Life of Pablo was probably his like. Now I am a superstar album. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, that was 2004. So we're still. He was probably doing stuff at this point, but I don't think they were making a Kanye West reference in any way. No. <laughs> I was just curious. Well, I don't think they had their 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 finger quite on that pulse of American culture. No. <laughs> maybe it was maybe pop maybe uh, Kanye was big in the Philadelphia scene at the time. Maybe. Um, but then Topanga's like, I'm sure it's gonna be fine. We all say stuff we don't mean. You just need to go and apologize. He's like, but I did mean it. Yeah. It's like, Corey, you're so you're so dumb. For real. Yeah. There's that narcissism again. Yeah, it's 100% the narcissism. And, again, this is almost the exact same conversation we had with Corey being a father smiter. <laughs> like, I pushed my father. I did the worst thing I could ever possibly do. What is worse, knocking your father down... Or calling him average. Hmm. You're taking a poll? <laughs> uh-huh, three-person poll. Okay. It was definitive, you know. I would say the calling him average. I'm going to agree. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, yes, because it's just like words, you know, words hurt in a way that concrete doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he probably thought about that afterwards. Like, am I just average? A single tear rolls down his cheek. Well, and I am not a man, so I cannot speak for men. But you hear that respect is super important for men psyches, for sure. And having your son call you less than average and blaming you for all his problems, I'm sure is not a fun hit to your your no. respect. So No, certainly not. No. Poor Alan. But but here but this is my thing. Why are we doing this? We just did this. It wasn't even like early last season. It was middle of last season. It was mid. It was before Lauren, but after Christmas. Yeah. I mean, we know we were big fans of that episode because we left the skydiving scene in our reboot. Yes. Because it's the only good part (laughs) of the whole episode. And then, like, after the I hit my father, I'm a father smiter, I did the worst thing you can do, I I hit my father thing which do the exact same joke where Corey goes to the door and his dad's there uh-huh why are we reusing this plot beat for beat <laughs> you know maybe they uh what if it was intentional and this really was supposed to be like last season and they're like we're intentionally setting it up in the exact same way mm. i don't know why yeah i, well, I don't have a reason. They're, they're not saying anything like they're saying Corey just can't get the picture. Yeah, and I know I didn't like that episode, and you really did. But even I can see that that episode has a lot more legitimacy because, like, Alan is trying to learn how to have a full relationship with his adult sons, mm-hmm. and like it's kind of two sided. And Corey wants more than what he gets from his father because his father, because he's not a project, he's like a person. So Corey's like struggle is kind of legitimate mm-hmm. and Alan needs to learn something. But this season we're doing all these beats again, but Corey is just a, a bad word and wrong. And Alan doesn't need to learn a thing. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Alan is perfectly fine. So then like drags it. him out the door. Yeah. yeah. Again. I did like that scene. Huh? I did like Alan's scene. Same. With Corey. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's probably the best scene in the entire episode. Yeah. I, at least just thinking of the dramatic scenes that have existed in this show, this one feels like on a different level. Just because Alan is like capital A actor, um, William Russ. He's like done more dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Like he does, he does really well here. Because he takes Corey and they they they're walking down the street and he's like, "Do you know where this is?" And Corey's like, "The abandoned warehouse where where no one will hear my screams." <laughs> I'm just gonna point out one more time, a, his dad killing him joke right after dragging him out of the room is the exact same thing that happened in last episode. Yeah, throwing him out of the plane. Yeah, he was like, "This is not fair." When you hit the ground, you were not 10,000 feet up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but Alan's like, this is the st- where my first job was. Like, this store I s- would sweep up. And, like, I took over from my dad when he retired after 40 years of doing the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, I want you to see it and look at it and touch it. Get your hands dirty. Yeah. A real Mike Rowe kind of moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just like... I haven't thought about dirty jobs in a very long time. Yeah. I just saw a thing today because I see his stuff all the time. I'm just like, kids need to work real jobs. Um, I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, okay. Okay, Mike, you can sit down. We heard you. <laughs> sure, Mike. <laughs> Whatever, Mike. Um, we agree. You don't need to keep saying the same thing over and over. There's not two sides to this issue. You don't need to yell at us. Um, but just basically just like we were – poor like we didn't have anything and like we were dad, like sean uh-huh. but it's like my dad couldn't have even dreamed of like what we have now um and so like he would have loved to be average and it's like i guess it's a good sign that i did something right that you think don't you're see right. this like you think you think that this isn't enough or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is just you know and then my favorite part was that he just walks away. <laughs> they don't wrap it up in a nice little bow right there. That's my favorite part of that scene. I agree. It's not like, let's hug it out. We're all good. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No, hug no because we have to have Corey ruin it all. <laughs> and ruin it all, he does. Yes. Yeah, sure so we're does. at the talent show. Girls twirling fire batons. The rec center is a hell dimension. What? Just putting what? it out there. It's ridiculous what happens in this place. All that happens is a girl twirls fire batons. Twirls fire batons, boys juggling ducks. There's some double-jointed twins. Well, that's a gross joke. See, here's what... I'm putting it on the record now. Because I don't believe that Alan is a nasty man. Because it certainly makes it seem that way where they're like, the double-jointed whatever twins. And Alan's like, yes! I think Alan is obsessed with weird talents. He's just like, weird talents are so cool and I'm so interested in them. So like she's twirling the batons. He's like, I look at all that fire. And he's just so mm. captivated by it. And he's just like, whatever those twins did, it wasn't like, oh, this is certainly something. But just like, oh my gosh, my mind is blown right now. Like he's the talent show judge who just really just is very enthusiastic. He's the guy who goes to the oddities and curiosities exhibit. Yeah, he just, he lives for that stuff. I hope that's true. I'm just saying this is a character trait of Alan because I don't want the more obvious thing to be true. Yeah. He, I, I like it better. I want him to win this episode. <laughs> Not to be besmirched because he's a nasty man. 
They don't necessarily say it's an only underage talent show. That's true. But however, I think he's just, you know, he's like a Ripley's Believe It or Not. Mm -hmm. He just goes to all those like weird things and just is really into it. Okay. Okay. It's canon. Alan is not a nasty man. (laughs) He's not a nasty man. He just loves weird crap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I'll I'll dig it. Um, They got a real fire twirler for this episode. Don't know why. It's very funny because I was watching this episode and this is the scene where it's on where she's doing that. And then my son is on the other side of the room and I'm watching on my phone. So it's not like he's seeing it, but then he's just like, there was a baton twirler at my school today. And he just starts talking about it. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What is happening? He just starts talking about a baton twirler. And I'm like, you're not watching this. Maybe he heard the word baton. Maybe, but he was just like, and they practiced for 18 years. And she threw it up really high and it spun around and then she caught it. It was amazing. Just a young Alan in the making. That's what she's great at. What? Baton twirling. Oh, yeah. She she is fire baton twirling even. Mm -hmm. I think I want my talent to be juggling swords. Oh. (laughs) You don't have to find your identity in your talent, Chance. Where where can I find it? In the people you love and who love you. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I know I found mine when I held you in my arms. (laughs) Oh, yes. When I held you in my arms the first time, Chance. (laughs) I knew I found mine. Um, yeah, and Corey's trying to talk to Alan, which you couldn't have talked to him before or after. He's trying to talk to him during the fire batons. He's like, Corey, this is my thing. (laughs) Shut up. Don't ruin this for me. Every time Corey tries to talk, he's like, during the duck juggling, stop. (laughs) Contortion pins, cut it out. Because we also, I have further evidence. During season three, when they're doing the news show, when they go on after the origami lady, Alan is just like into it. Yeah, that's true. He is into the origami. They're into a boat, and now they're putting her out to sea. He's just like marveling at it. And then here he is later. This is a character trait. That was a deep pull, Cam. Just came to me. This is what we're here for. We are the sole keepers of the true Boy Meets World lore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Alan is not a nasty man. He just loves freaky stuff. <laughs> but not like that. Weird talents. Not the, not the weird talents, Cameron. Weird talents. He loves weird talents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's uh, just something very interesting about them, right? Mm-hmm. You see stuff like that and you're just like, wow. I made my students tell me their weird body tricks that they could do the other day in mm-hmm. class. I have a friend that went on David. Letterman, I believe, because he has his chest is like concave. Mm-hmm. So he, when he lays down, he could pour cereal and milk into his chest and mm-hmm. eat it. And he went on Dave Letterman for it. I had a friend in high school that did that. He had the same thing. Maybe it was the same friend. What was his name? Dayland. Oh, no. Different guy. This is Russell. Mm-hmm. Well, my friend got on Letterman for oh, it. Oh, well. <laughs> Your friend's better than mine. It's true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> me, 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 me. Dalen ended up killing three men. I'm just kidding. I was like, you did? We've had a chance. This would be the second episode. Yeah, it's true. Of ours has murdered multiple people. Oh my God. 
Sure, the girl that uh, Cameron took to senior prom, she was on here. And she's like, "Yeah, my my boyfriend at the time would have been so and so." And we were talking to her, and she's like, "Yeah, he killed like four people and then killed himself." Oh my gosh! We we're like, "What?" Yikes! And Cameron knew him, but I don't think he knew I that. I didn't know that little tidbit. So <laughs> if he if, if Dalen had done that, I don't been- know. <laughs> Uh, it's part of the lore now. It's part of the lore. <laughs> Our acquaintances are murderers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then Morgan, she's in so few episodes, I almost forgot her name. <laughs> um, she's like, she's so good. I quit. And what's her name? Alexandra. Alexandra. Alexandra's like, do you love to sing? Then that's your talent. And if you're special enough that God gave you a talent, you should do it. You should use it. And then I realized why she's a painter, not an actress. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. She's on here for I don't I don't know. Trying to get that uh artist segment of that pie chart of viewers, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The um, 90s was full of people getting obsessed with weird stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if like Alan getting obsessed with all his weird stuff. You've got to stop that. <laughs> I can't. It's what we're here to do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But she's like, and this gives Morgan the courage to go out there and sing. Mm-hmm. What song, but? He sings, Bette Midler's Wind Beneath My Wings. <laughs> Bette Midler's Wind Beneath My Wings. Um, doing a fine job? Yep. Yeah, she's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm glad she's getting her moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to ruin that. And make it about themselves when this is clearly about someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's that's that Wait, I hear? Corey hears that moment. He's like, someone else is in the spotlight. Literally. <laughs> Maybe make it. It's like, so, have, you, have you all made it to the episode of Community where they do the celebrity impersonator stuff? I, I've seen it all, so I've seen okay. that one less. It's kind of like that where Jeff's ego just explodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that episode. Yeah. Yeah. He hulks out. This is the yeah. first moment of that. This, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Jeff is self-aware about his own narcissism. <laughs> You're a textbook narcissist. No, I'm an exceptional narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it gets to the chorus. It's it's Morgan's moment to shine, and the me monster just... He can't help himself. Did I ever tell you you're my hero? He starts singing to his dad. And stands up in front of Morgan. Yes. Uh Blocking her. I Morgan. The only appropriate response, and I am not a fan of child, but Corey is 18 years old, would have been hit him upside the head and make him sit down. Yeah. Like, not, not hurt him. Don't Take him down. Just like a good... This is not about you. <laughs> yeah. But no, he just... Another person is just like, yep. You were just... Because for some reason, she brought a boombox up on stage to push play. <laughs> so she just like pushes stop. And she's like, Corey, you're being ridiculous. This is my moment. Go away. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the whole crowd boos and throws things at him. And he leaves. And then she continues. Yeah, it would have been. And then she wins because her talent was getting rid of the loser. Uh huh. And that's a talent we can all appreciate. 
And then Corey's trajectory, or I mean, not Corey, uh, Morgan's trajectory for the rest of the series is, I want to be a therapist someday. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> but no, that's not what we get. No. Everyone's fine with Corey singing in front yeah. of everyone. Yeah. And then it cuts to Morgan stepping off the stage. I do like that they don't like give her the trophy. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't wrap up with like, you won. It's mm-hmm. so great. Yeah, she didn't win. Well, I, I don't think they say who wins, do they? I think it would, have, it would be funny if Corey won. That's because she's average. They're just average, and they need to be okay with that. Learn your place. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then Corey's like, or no, not Corey. Um, Alexandra's like, Morgan, you were wonderful. Corey, just to add insult to injury. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How was I? Was I I wonderful? (laughs) And then they do bring back the lie. Yeah. It was so funny the first time. You had to bring it back. It's true. I, I actually may have enjoyed a comedy rule of three for that, but mm-hmm. we only get the two. One more time. One more time would have been nice. But yeah, so Corey's like, how about I? I'm supposed to lie. What do I do? And then they all sneak out. And then like, Corey, time to go. Corey turns to his dad and they reconcile, I guess. Did he apologize? I can't even remember if he apologized. I don't feel like he apologized. That's very un-Corey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't remember him apologizing. No, but the only thing that would have satisfied me at this point, because I was so done with Corey, mm-hmm. would have been his dad being like, you still don't get it. Like, you still don't understand that your self-obsession is the problem here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what led to our conflict. It's what's leading to your misery right now. <laughs> like, Get over yourself. But no, it's not like that. It's like, we'll always be a family and love each other. Mm-hmm. We're like, like we're talking not- about identity. Like, some people find their identity and their talents and kind of what their purpose is. Yeah. He's like, I knew my purpose. And then out comes Alexandra. When I first held you in my arms, that's what my dad says to me. I actually like that moment between Alan and Alexandra. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Corey in it at all. Yeah, if we could just. Slide him out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but her like walking up and him, the way he looks at her and just like, huh, how'd you know I was going to say that? I thought it was very good acting. Yeah, it was nice. Um, She's like, that's what my dad, that's what my dad said to me. When I first held chance in my arms. <laughs> uh, it's probably happened. It's beautiful. Oh, it's for sure happened. Certainly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's it. We did it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cameron and I went into this episode with very low expectations. It was one of three episodes, and when we decided to do this podcast, I was like, "Oh, I'm not looking forward to this one." We've now covered two of those episodes. One is still next season. Okay. Um, but I did not want to cover this episode, and that's why we brought on. My wife was really only seeing the episodes that she has covered here. It's true. I did not grow up with Disney Channel or any TV channels, really. We had three. One was PBS. One was a local channel. Mm -hmm. But nothing fancy like Disney. It's for fancy people. That's for fancy. That's for those average people. That's right. (laughs) We were not. We were sub-average. 
<laughs> so, babe, was my was my what did you think of the episode? Um, as a non biased source. Well, I wish it didn't happen. <laughs> I wish it wasn't part of television, like as a whole. Oh, I don't know. I love it. Like greater Western canon. Yeah, yeah. would be better off if it just didn't exist. I, I think so. There's not much redeeming about about any of the characters really in this episode. There's a few that have some moments, but like both both storylines are misogynist and self-seeking, and I don't know. It's it's all, all of it's about me and what can I get. Yeah, it really is. And I, I know we say this probably too often. And we need to take the show for what it is and not what we want it to be. But I feel like we have a really interesting story thread here about, like, Corey's self-obsession. And, like, I feel like we could have even left it unambiguous at the end where his dad is just shaking his head. It's like, you haven't learned anything. Like, you'll never learn anything until you realize that like you're not the center you're not it dude and then he like walks out and Corey's like left to contemplate that mm-hmm. but there's no way to get i blew up another mailbox yeah i blew up another mailbox. um that's not what we get we get when i held you in my arms because you're so special to me yeah that's okay. Corey. um so what would you rate it out of 10 you guys go first okay cameron um Give us your um, thoughts and your rating. I don't necessarily agree because I did enjoy, I would say, many parts. I didn't like the Jack and Eric and Rachel story. So I'd have to knock it for that. And I didn't really like Corey, especially towards the back half um, of the episode. So I feel like both of those things detract from the overall like rating of the episode, but also my overall enjoyment just because, like I said, it's so absurd. Like, There's a lot of absurdity. It's just like so ridiculous that you can't possibly take it seriously. Um, that I want to, I mean, because Corey sucks. Jack, Eric, and Rachel stuff isn't good. So I'd probably give it like a 6.5. Okay. Just because it did make me laugh a lot. I thought Feeny was great. I thought Angela was great. Mm-hmm. Sean, he's jangling the ice cream man's here. <laughs> he has your favorite flavor. <laughs> Vanilla? <laughs> Got a solid six point five for a few laughs, man. It's pretty generous. I mean, it, it was more than a few laughs. I thought I thought it was pretty good. It was more than I knocked it three and a half points because Corey sucked so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my sheet. I am not going to be as generous. Um, I think one scene in this entire episode is worth keeping, um, and that's the the Corey and his dad scene. Um, like outside the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was worth keeping. Um, I wish it didn't end in such a way that Corey steals the spotlight from his sister to make up with his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gross. Um, I do like, I do like Sean in this episode is like, he's a calming presence, but I hate that he's just going along with it. And I think his inclusion in the story kind of makes it even grosser. Um, I think that. You know, Angela's line is funny. Um, I like her two lines, but like, I don't know that she. Well, I guess she does add to the episode, so mm-hmm. she does not detract. 
Mm -hmm. Or about retaining your black identity when you have three white friends. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess she adds to it. She's like, don't press me on this. I'm trying to be supportive. <laughs> the the artist girl is a terrible actress, but I don't hate her. Um, I don't necessarily want her to be a main cast member or anything, but I don't hate her. Well, she doesn't become one, so it's fine. Well, I know. I'm just saying, like, she's fine. Um, and I hate the subplot of the apartment. So I'm going to give it, like, maybe a 3.5. Ooh. Like. That's a doozy. And I'm only really giving it that for, like, Angela's funny joke and the Allen scene. I don't know what else, like, everything else I could just leave on the cutting room floor. And it's totally a derivative of an episode last season. Mm -hmm. But I liked that one. So You did like that one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to split you guys and go with a five. Okay. Because I did enjoy the just, like you said, ridiculousness and all of the, like, it was entertaining in the fact that I just kept shaking my head. and like, this is unbelievable. So that was entertaining. And there were some funny things. Some, some giggles in there. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm give it a five. All right. So that brings us to an average of five for the episode. An average of five. Not gonna. Not probably not gonna make the tournament. This episode is average. Average. Michael Jacobs is average. Is this the lowest rated episode of the season? Uh huh. Yes. Do any episodes of the season have like a particularly good rating? Um, our highest rating of average rating was in college great, which was a seven point seven five. Okay, that's semi-high. Most seasons that would make the tournament. This one, it definitely This one, it could win. <laughs> oh. At its current point, it was certainly my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what would compete with it at this point. I think there are gems this season. We just gotta, like the seven dwarves, we just gotta dig, 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 dig. That's right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. MVP? MVP. MVP. I think it's Alan. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it can be Alan. Um, I w was questioning Alan because of the grossness, but you but know it's what? I, I, it's canon now. He's not gross. That, I know. That's what I'm saying. But you know what? I liked your explanation. He just loves that weird talent, talent stuff. Oh. I imagine he just is at his home right now watching, like, just every compilation of America's Got Talent stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he just lives for it, but it's like, oh, they're singing Skip. Oh, they're shooting electricity out of a cage dressed as Darth Vader playing the guitar. Yes. <laughs> I've seen that on there. Oh, okay. That, that existed. <laughs> I'm, drawing, I'm thinking of titles already. Sorry. Um, oh, yes, Alan. Boy Meets Celery. Boy Meets Celery is fantastic. Um, Boy Meets... Suck fest. Mr. Mean Face. Mr. Mr. Mean Man. He needs Mr. Mean Man. Mr. Boy Mr. meets little girl. Boy meets person who's way better than him. <laughs> real talent. <laughs> yeah. Boy meets real talent. <laughs> Boy meets average. I just wanted to be known that in this episode, Corey is just this unbearable narcissist. And in the last episode, he literally Stockholm syndromes at uh, Angela to be his friend. Into being his friend. It's like, I'm not going anywhere, so you might as well like me. Yeah. 
It's ridiculous. It's a bad two episodes for him. Um, Celery? Yeah, Boy Meets Celery. Boy Meets Celery. I feel about this episode. I mean, I gave it a higher rating. But I'm sure in our memories, this episode will be like Celery. It's there. (laughs) Most, most, you know, I don't know that I want to give it the life-giving properties of water. (laughs) I was going to say mostly water, but it seems an insult to water. It's got a crunch to it. The Alan scene. Sure. But it's mostly nothing. <laughs> mostly nothing with a little crunch. Mostly nothing with a little crunch. There you go. <laughs> that, that might end up being the title of this episode, Boys Meet, Mostly Nothing with a Little Bit of Crunch. <laughs> that's I don't hate it. Um, yeah. That's it. We did it. Mm-hmm. We did it. We did it. We mm. finished the episode. Mm. 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 Sure did. Um, thanks for coming, babe. <laughs> so glad you made the trip to join us today. Anytime. All the way to your own couch. <laughs> All the way to your own couch. Um, I'm sorry I made you watch such a bad one. That's okay. <laughs> I've had some goodies. You have. Yeah. This one was it was something. It's yeah. memorable. I would rather it not yeah. exist. There's yeah. mostly nothing with a little crunch. <laughs> There's mostly nothing with a crunch. Yeah. Um, you know, at least your last episode, they had the hot stuff dance at the end. It's true. They did. <laughs> yeah, that was very memorable. You, the, Another musical performance at the end of this one. It's true. You're a musical guest. Yes, I am. <laughs> Slash holiday guest. Slash holiday guest. Mm-hmm. Did you join us for another holiday, even New Year's, Thanksgiving, hot stuff? Are you our most recurring guest? Probably because I'm awesome. Uh That's why you're exceptional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No one can beat Alton and Tanya as our most recurring guest. I'm so sorry. Drew's getting up there. Yeah, Drew's getting up there. But Alton and Tanya we've had on several times most seasons. That's true. true. I'm not as cool as them, though, so it's fine. Well, they're... They also have a Boy Meets World podcast. Yeah, They're it. used to I talking about it. Do you have a Boy Meets World podcast? No. Kind of a transitive property. Yeah, you're married to him. What's his is yours. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's mine is yours. It's true. I have a Boy Meets World podcast. And I have a Boy Meets World website. Somebody did ask me how I find time to listen to all of your episodes. <laughs> 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 and I was like... Oh, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> they were flabbergasted. They're like, how, how do you not do that? And I'm like, I listen to a few here and there, but I can't. That's so many. You guys have done so many. We have. It's over 100 now. Yeah, we're almost done with the show. That's amazing. Way to go, you guys. Oh, also, I'm proud of us. Person out there who, listen, who asked that question, do you know how much she already has to hear me talk? <laughs> Like, why would she want more of that? She loves you. She does. I do. But that doesn't mean she loves everything about me. <laughs> and I'm I'm good with that. We have 121 episodes out. That's amazing. Yeah, we do. What, what? Um, but as I was saying, we also, I also have a Boogie's World website. Yes, which is maybe maybe more functional at this point. Yeah, it's probably more functional at this point. Um, BoyMeetsWorldFever.com. And if you want, you can email Cameron or I if you just want to get in touch with us instead of the like 
podcast as a whole at Chance or Cameron, whichever prefix you want, at boymeetsworldfever.com. I think mine's still not working, but someday. Well, that's Don't send it to me. We got twelve. We got twelve days. You have twelve days. Um, but yeah, we have a website. Go check it out. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Um, we're talking about having a few pieces of merch on there. What's up with that? Yeah, who knows? Even she's told me she'll wear a Boy Meets World Fever shirt. Even me. <laughs> even her. That's high praise. I would even do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, check that out. That's an exciting development for us. Uh, tweet at us at BG World Fever. Mm-hmm. Check us out on Instagram at BG World Fever. Uh, if you want to like send us a message to get on the show, uh, BG World Fever at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. At the moment, probably the best way. Angel, sure. we got any of those? I'm, I'm checking. No, nothing lately, but that's okay. See if we've gotten any tweets I need to read because I don't remember. Um, oh, we do want to congratulate. Uh, speaking of Alden and Tanya, we want to congratulate. Uh, Boy meets girl meets boy meets world. Um, they finished the show. They did it. Oh, I believe there the there was one. What the first ones to do so? Yes, I believe they are the first ever Boy Meets World podcast to do so. Nice job, Alden and Tanya. Um, Many have think, tried. I think the Feeny call was close, um, but they've never responded to any of my messages, so uh, we don't like them as much. <laughs> Shots fired. Bam. I'll, I'll be willing to say they're average. They're average. Uh, let's see. Where's the Feeny call at? They're oh, an episode. Seven, season seven, episode fourteen. Season seven, episode fourteen. Um, so they're close. Um, shit, ninety shows has to be close. They're in season seven now too. Mm-hmm. They have just blown past us. It's, I mean, two at a time. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, they're about to start season seven. So yeah, I'm pretty sure Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World is the first um, Boy Meets World rewatch podcast to finish the show. So. <laughs> I feel like we need to have them on and talk to them about what it's like. They're lovely people. They are. They're great. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's all that I've got. I'm not going to sing us out singing some 90s praise hymns this time. Uh, I heard you did that, though, and it made me happy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, someone has to, right? Yeah. Um, you could sing the, the, the big house one. No. No. Don't do that. The kid cartoon, the cartoon song. <laughs> the kids are crazy about the oceans one. Cowabungaloo, dude. Uh, <laughs> that's right, I forgot about that one. We could sing the big M. No. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> I'm guessing you know what that one is. Yes, he played that one at family dinner night. Yes, <laughs> you I have never played that for your parents. I should play a sick guitar solo instead. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. I, that, that was for college students. Yes. <laughs> I want to play it for your father because I think he will love it. Oh, my God. That'll be a day. <laughs> I want to be a fly on the wall that day. Uh, it's, you know, you listen to it the first time and it's awful. You listen to the second time and it's kind of so awful it's cute. You listen to it a third time and it's just, it's great. <laughs> That's one man's opinion. <laughs> Can 
just cut all that out at the end. Oh, no, it's in there, baby. It's I didn't mean to call you baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done here. Those, that Benadryl really, really knocked it down a couple pegs. It's true. Um. Anyway, from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world. So long, world.